Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to Feed the Sheep. As you know, if you've been following along, we are coming up on the, this is actually the last episode of our Seven Deadly Sins series. Um, and we actually have our first ever second time guest, Andy Theme. He was with me on um, the Be Still episode that a lot of you enjoyed, had, had a lot of great feedback for that. So Andy, thanks for being with us. It is such a pleasure to be back, Ross. Yes, it, it, it is fun. Andy, Andy, as you guys probably are aware from Be Still, Andy and I met through Cohatch, where we actually recorded that episode. But then I invested in some better equipment, and now we're here in my home slash room slash office slash whatever you want to call it. Um, but as you all know, we always get started with a word of prayer, so... Uh, without further ado, we are going to get right into that. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you for the death on the cross and the resurrection that came shortly after, um, and the blood that covers a multitude of sins, Father. And uh, as we dive in and, and finish up the seven deadly sins, uh, I just pray that we completely honor you and we glorify you in the conversation. Be with us and our words, with Andy and myself, and those who are listening, prepare their hearts and soften their hearts uh, for the conversations to be had uh, to dive into this message of envy. Your name, amen. Amen. All right, Andy. Dude, I got to say, one thing that I adopted from you, which you may not know this, but every time there's prayer going on, every time somebody's praying or you pray, you always put your hands out and palms up like you're receiving like, I don't cookies or something. And (laughs) I saw it and I was like, I was like, I like that. And I started doing it. Thanks, and man. that was at our at our men's uh, study. Uh, what was it? At Cohatch on Fridays, yeah. Friday mornings. Um, I was, that was the first time I saw you do that. And I was like, I like that. I'm going to start doing that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I stole it from a, a pastor that I know in my life. So, but it's exactly what you said. You know, it just kind of shows that you're you're receiving that gift and what a gift it is that we can have people that pray for us. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's just a physical manifestation of that thing. That's good. That's cool, man. I'm glad that meant something. Yeah, to you. it definitely does. Um, but as you guys know, this is, or as I already mentioned, this is our seventh episode of this first ever series, uh, series being seven deadly sins. And we are wrapping up with envy. I have Andy here with us because as you guys know, uh, I try to, uh, mention what Enneagram deals with, you know, the seven deadly sin. And like I mentioned, I think last time or the time before, uh, that doesn't mean that this Enneagram only deals with this sin and that others don't deal with this sin, uh, because I believe each of us deal with these seven deadly sins in different areas, but this is, tends to be the strongest. Um, and that is for the Enneagram four, which Andy is, I am. and there, that's rare. 
suppose. I don't know many fours. Well, I tend to think that it's the case that, uh, you know, fours don't like to be labeled or put in a box. So I think a bunch of them just don't take the test. Well. So statistically, <laughs> they're the least. Okay. Because I don't want to take it. That makes would a be lot my of guess. Sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. So uh, I just want to, from Merriam Webster, uh, define what, what Merriam Webster defines as yeah. envy. And that is painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Yeah, that definitely resonates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, as a four, I guess, before we get into scripture or anything else, as a four, why does that resonate so much? Explain for those who may not know anything about a four. They probably there's people listening that guarantee don't know a single four, sure, or what what a four is. What's the what's the name, the title, the? So it's it's one of two. Um, it's either called the individualist or the romantic. Ah, um, mostly yeah. called the individualist. Individualist. I yeah. say I say the the emotional one. Yeah, that's <laughs> certainly true. So that's definitely not the accurate one. <laughs> that's not politically correct, but. No, but it's true. I the think individualist. I, this may not be politically correct to say either, but I, I often feel like uh, I have to be careful not to be a 16-year-old girl. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have to put a lot of measures in place to make sure I'm not that way. But yeah, like you're saying, Ross, um, fours feel a very wide spectrum of emotions. And from what the Enneagram says, I'm only me, so I only know myself, but yeah. um, they experience greater depths and heights of emotions than most other types. Um, and it's a roller coaster, you know, some other types are able to, um, they, they feel something they can tell they're feeling something, but get, they can say, Oh, um, I know I'm feeling something, but I can't deal with that right now. I got to get stuff done. So let me put that away and I'll deal with it later. Yeah. It doesn't work that way for me. I'm, uh, I mean, you've seen me too. We know, we've known each other long enough. I wear my emotions on my sleeve <laughs> Yeah, and I uh, work hard to counteract that, but that's, that's how I am by nature. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what it's like to be a four. So how does being a four play in or how does envy play mm -hmm. into uh, your personality of the individualist yeah yeah so i'm sure as you've already stated you know each of the enneagram types have a deadly sin attached to them and the way i see that is you know um we're we're all broken human beings we're all we all struggle with the curse of adam we struggle with a wide array of sins um, that I think we can all resonate with. But more often than not, I think what the Enneagram proposes, and I tend to agree, which is that based on your type, there's probably one sin you fall into a little bit more than the others. Yeah. And for me, it is certainly envy. Um, so um, kind of talk about what that what that feels like, and then we could talk about maybe how that manifests in different yeah, ways. let's do it. Um, so for me, force suffer from this sense that there is always something missing. Like they could have so many boxes ticked. They could have so many things in a row. They could have a great job. They could have a great family, great church life, you know, great worship experience, great relationship with the Lord. But um, if they, but there's always just this one thing that's out of reach that they don't have. Um, and if only they had that one thing, oh, then they would be whole and complete. Um, which of course is a total lie. Right. I mean, as we know as Christians, right, like we are made whole and complete through Jesus. Mm -hmm. We are whole and complete, right? Yeah. And we just need to rely on him and trust in him. But Amen. fours by nature suffer from the sense, at least in from me being a four, that um, yeah, there's there's something beyond their reach that they just can't reach. Um, and it's kind of ethereal and it's there's 
fog and mist around it. They don't quite know what it is. Um, and so envy comes in in that I will feel that I, there's this existential thing that is outside my reach that I don't have. And only I had that, I would be whole. Um, and sometimes in my sin, I will um, think that uh, if only I had this this one thing that someone else has, yeah. you know? I see other people that are happy and I see them as a two dimensional being black and white. Uh Like, Oh, they're happy. They must have things together. They must have life together. Right. Oh, they have that cool car or like, Oh, they have that great relationship, you know, with their parents, which is exactly what the enemy uses against us. Comparison. Yeah. Comparison's probably like the lesser term of envy maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think with how culture is and everything being on social media, everybody wanting to, perceive themselves as successful and well off or happy or yeah just having it all together yeah uh when oftentimes that's not the case and and i mean realistically yeah uh well i would argue that that without cutting you off i would argue that um comparison manifests envy i mean oh that's good yeah envy comes from that that one-to-one comparison which is just not true yeah, that's and it's exactly what you say. It's a lie from the enemy. I yeah. think the enemy dumbs down the nuances of life and makes things so much more black and white and yes or no than they are. That's good. Um, it's part of what he does, right? Um, yeah, and it's through those comparisons that envy grows. Mm. Yeah. That's real good. Well, I definitely feel that. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. So how does, how does, um, how does envy manifest and change your life when you're when you're in that battle like are you are you forefront and are you ready do you have you know the armor of god are you prepared when envy comes or do you envy and then it takes you a while to be like oh crap this is this is envy. like yeah how do how do we get out of that well i would tell you this is that um I would fail so much more without the good word of the gospel in my back pocket, you know? And I think, oh, I mean, you know, I'm... And not just knowing it. Yeah. Or not just not just having it in your pocket, but knowing it. Right, right. Living it out, right? Yes. Yeah. Knowing the word. Yeah, yeah. it's a living word, and it's a never-changing word. Right, yeah. But putting on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, right? Yes, Like, that's, yeah. That's um that's where it's at, and that's exactly that. I mean, because this isn't, as with any of the other deadly sins, this is spiritual warfare, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's definitely, it's a helpful thing. Um, it's and it's hard, you know. I think as Christians too, I think when you especially start to really dig into your faith, um, and really go far, it's hard to imagine life without it. So I'm at a point where you know I've been growing for some time and man, I got so much more to work on. (laughs) Seems like whenever God uh, shows me the answer to one thing, you know, I'm four or five more problems are made present in my life. Like I see them, you know, more is revealed. The more, you know, the less, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to imagine how I'd be able to cope at all with this without God's word Mm -hmm. and more than God's word. I think part of what you're saying more than just having God's word, knowing it, but also relying in a relationship with Jesus, like right. going to him through scripture, praying through scripture yeah. to, to our God. And there's um, so many prayers oh. in scripture. Like people think they're like, I don't know how to pray. 
And I'm like, like our first episode I ever did actually was prayer. Okay. And I was like, I don't even, I, I hear people all the time. I don't know how to pray. And I'm like, well, first thing scripture says not to be like the Pharisees and, and just throw all these words out. And it's not about what you say or how many words you say. There's no word count for Jesus. It's, I was like, a good starting point is look at all the different prayers in scripture that you can literally pray out yeah. over yourself. Oh, yeah. One lately is the prayer of Jabez that I've been praying um, specifically because, and it's really short. It's First Chronicles, Old Testament, First Chronicles 4, verse 10. That's all it is. One verse. And he's basically asking God to, um, to, to enlarge his territory, to increase his influence, and to... Uh, to bless him, may his hand be upon him, um, and to keep him from from pain and 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 protect him from the evil one, and that he that he causes no pain mm. as well. And this is because he is an evangelist at at heart, and he just wants to spread the kingdom. So he's like, Lord, just increase my territory, enlarge my territory, is what he says. And that's one I've specifically been praying because. I as well, like evangelists at heart, like I just want to go and like reach so many people. Um, and I got to be okay with the small uh, groups of people that I have influence over mm. in the present moment and not think big picture, be able to live in the present instead of what's to come in the future. But back to prayer, uh, I know you grabbed out your your handy dandy journal. Uh, Andy has a... What is that? A prayer journal? Like I, don't, I, I guess you could call it that. It's a, it's a notebook that was made for me, from, handmade by the way. It is, yeah, by a good friend of mine from from Ball State, where I went to to college. Chirp, chirp. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's just kind of evolved over the years into um, kind of mostly a journal of prayers in scripture. And well, we could just say prayers because it's through the scripture by which <laughs> right. I create prayers. Just what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, I remember one time. Andy and I were talking about something. I was sharing my heart about something. He pulls this out. This is the first time I ever like knew about this book of his. And he he literally walked me through one of these. I forget exactly which one it was. Um, but I don't know if you'll remember. I think it was maybe Romans or uh, what were you doing with? I mean, I, I don't I, remember. I don't know, you got jogged my memory. But I started praying it. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember texting you about it. He said, Hey, what was that? What was that verse again? Um, but either way, if you need any questions about prayer, like or or any advice on that matter, well, Andy's your guy. <laughs> You'll find him at one three one one zero Harold Parkway, right. Suite one hundred. Uh, <laughs> um, so so yes, I did pull out my book here, and part of what I wanted to pull from, I wish I could take credit for this. It was uh, someone online that actually put together a prayer. Um. And uh, each stanza is from a different place in Scripture. Um, and I love that it pulls from Old and New Testament. And the overall prayer is called a prayer in the fog. Um, and this is one that parts of it have helped me in a lot of different seasons. And I think when you are, when you're in the grasp of the enemy, um, and we'll say this through envy, you know, for example, is when, when I fall away and, and in, in my lower points in the valleys in between those hills in my relationship with God, when, when the enemy has convinced me that yeah. someone has something that, um, 
if only I had that, then I would be whole and complete and I would be better. And I rue them, you know, for having it them and I dislike them. Um, There's a verse in here that reminds me of the gifts God has for me. And so it's taken from Romans 12 too. And so the prayer is, may I have the awareness to notice your gifts before me and in me and the discernment to glean their deeper meanings within me and the patience to wait for your revelations in your way, in your time. Mm. Yeah. How often do I need to hear that? Yeah. Yeah. How, <laughs> How often do we all need to hear oh, that? Oh, yeah. And it's what I, I'm glad you brought up this first. Did you say it was from um, what you were reading through? Was it from Colossians? What were you uh, looking at? First Chronicles. First Chronicles. Yeah. Is I love that prayer. And I think you know what I would want to add to the end of it based on our conversation, right? <laughs> Who would be, if it be your will, yeah. you know? And in your way, in your time, um, how often I look at other things that people have and, uh, you know, I want that and I want it now. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think it is okay to pray for things from a God-facing heart. Right. It is okay to pray for... I would encourage it. Yeah. I think it's genuinely okay to pray for material things, even if it's of for, for good and it's going to advance a mission that God's right. calling you to. I really think it's important adding on that, Lord, only if it be your will. Like, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, with having such a great burden when he said, Father, you know, take this cup from me. Right. But I will still praise you even if you don't. And if you don't, then let it be done. And I'll go through with it. And it's just the same in our lives, right? That's good. Yeah. I I, want to... Talk about the Baker's Evangelical Dictionary uh, and what they say Ooh, for envy. Please. Um, and they give a, a biblical definition of, of envy and um, says sin of jealousy over the blessings and achievements of others, especially the spiritual enjoyment and advance of the kingdom of Christ freely and graciously bestowed upon the people of God. And Old Testament examples of the sin of jealousy include the rivalry of Joseph's brothers over the favor that Joseph Joseph received at the hand of God. You find that in Genesis uh, 37 uh, and Acts 7. Uh, and then Saul's animosity toward David for his physical and spiritual prowess. That's in 1 Samuel. Uh, and envy inevitably leads to personal harm and debilitation, affecting one's physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Job 5, you find that, uh, and and Proverbs 14. And unchecked, it gradually leads to a destructive and remorseful way of life. You find that in Proverbs 27. And ultimately, to estrangement from God. And you see that firsthand in Romans 1. Yeah. Wow. And that's bringing a lot of scripture into it, It but we see it. We see it, and, and I bring all that up because this is all Old Testament. Yeah. And I, I talk about it because it's important to see that we aren't the only ones that struggle with envy, mm-hmm. that this isn't something that is new to us. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. It's been going on. Yeah. Right. Oh, you know, what's wild is now that I'm thinking about it, uh, let's take a look at one of the first documented sins after the fall with um, Ab and Eve's children, Cain and Abel. And it's like, that was because of jealousy. Like, Cain killed Abel because of jealousy. 
Right. Right. Yeah. It's well, one of the very first documented. Right. And you can even actually, fall. you can actually even look at the fall. Yeah. Itself right. Oh yeah. Because whether Eve and Adam knew, I say Eve and Adam because Eve convinced Adam. Hmm. Um, we don't get it at all. We're not that's, that's a whole other that. podcast. It is. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is in the moment, like, no, she didn't know it was envy. You know, the enemy, the serpent, you know, devil came mm-hmm. and and said, you know, you're not supposed to eat this because you will be like God. Yeah. Basically. And he's like, if you or he said, if you eat this, you'll be like God, knowing all things. And she's like, Oh, I want that. Yeah. I mean, that was the start of it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's and that's from the very beginning. And then, well, we all know what happened after that. Well, I'm not going to say we all know because there may be people who don't know, but right. you know, the fall of Adam. That's for even more podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing to, I got to think about how I want to formulate this, how I want to talk about it, but it's amazing how envy, um, uh, how linked envy and pride are, at least for right. me, you know, yeah. is how like... Uh, it almost seems like it's two sides of a coin. Like I'll, I have such pride in the things I do have and that can so easily become sinful. And then I have envy for the one thing I don't. Um, and it's interesting how they feed each other. Yeah. And you could trace it back to the, uh, one of the 10 commandments. Thou shalt not covet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. Oh, you were? Yeah. 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 Ah. yeah that's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I, I think I think all the deadly sins are covered. That would be another a cool podcast, you know. Ten Commandments. Talk, we'll talk about how the deadly skin sins fit into the Ten Commandments, you know, specifically. That'd be cool. Yeah, we're just gonna but, keep talking about the dev, yeah. deadly sins. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I love the concept. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. it, yeah. I mean, it's good. Uh, we also can look at consequences of envy, and you may be able to. Uh, pour into this a little bit as a four. Granted, I have had envy in my life as well, and I'm an eight. Like it, it, it happens to all of us, uh, but it may affect you a lot more. Um, first thing that I look at is that uh, envy denies your uniqueness. Mm. There's a consequence of envy, and one of those being that it denies your uniqueness. Ooh, unpack that for me. So. We're all unique. We're all made in the image of God, but we all have, we're, we're, we're all different as well, right? Yeah. And God, each of us, he has a calling and a blessing over each of us individually. And your envy over somebody may pull you from your calling, from your blessing. You are made uniquely, exactly, intricately as you are. So when you envy what somebody else has and what somebody else is doing, whether it be in worldly terms or spiritual terms, it is pulling you. It was taking out your, your uniqueness. Hmm. Wow. Ooh. And you know, what's that's super interesting from a four perspective because fours yeah, constantly want to seem unique. They constantly want to uh, be different. And, and unlike other people, and how ironic that they would also struggle with envy. Because I think right. there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, is that uh, envy actually, like you pulling into other things, trying to be, become all these things at once, um, 
takes away your uniqueness and takes away your God-given uniqueness, right? right? Exactly. It detracts from the talents and gifts that God has given you. And it can in very many cases. Yeah. Okay. So I'd love to talk about how this manifests. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine talking with some struggles I've had with my current job, you know, and, uh, I love the company I work for. Um, it's Kohach is such a great company. I'm not here to do a commercial for it, but it's a good company with a good culture. Kohach, if you want your co-working space, <laughs> no, no, we no. have a space in Penton Noblesville, well, hey, Broad we're, Ripple, we're, and we are opening Zionsville you, on April 1st. You are doing now something that I struggle with, right? Which is like, I am as a community manager for Kohach, the person who manages that space right. uh, as, as an office space. Um, I'm the point of contact for our members and I'm so good at the relational element. And I'm so good at making sure people are taken care of and something that I'm just not naturally good at is sales. Uh, mm. And <laughs> just what you're yeah. doing now. Right. <laughs> and I find myself looking at other community managers in the company or or other people in my life, you know, who are in sales and I envy them. And I'm like, man, how do they do that? If only I could do that, then I could do a good job. If only I could do that, then I would be I would be good at my job. And over and over, um, you know, my boss and and those around me remind me, no, Andy, like like something G says all the time. I'll go ahead and, and, and say like- He said G, not Jesus. G. G is my boss. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, something he says all the time is like, Andy, I can, I can teach you sales. I can't teach you how to care about people. And what an important thing to remember yeah. because the way in which I experience envy um, makes it all or nothing in my head. It's like, mm-hmm. I could be, I could have all these things over here and I could have all these boxes checked. Like yeah. I said before, I could be great with people, great with relationships, great at um, getting the details right, doing the small and big things for people. But man, if I can't sell more yeah. memberships, you know, or meet monthly quotas, then like I suck. Then that's I'm not good. good at my job. And that's not true. Yep. It's not true. Yep. Um, and yeah, G and others have to remind me of that a lot. They have to remind me of that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to the point, Ross, where like um, we were helping with with a big event um, near our home office in Ohio. Um, it's a grand opening in Cleveland. Corporate. Yeah, for a no, we're not allowed to call them corporate. There, <laughs> there's a there's a a, 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 um, a grand opening in our Cleveland market for this huge cohatch facility. And, okay. and so I went out there with a, a lot of our team, and we were just there to support them and, and help through the day and help give tours and do different things. And and um, you know, I I got in and and first thing I did was like I kind of figured out what the lay of the land was and figured out where I could help. And then I just started diving in and helping people and just started like really getting to know people as I was with them on a tour. That's, that's the only way I could do tours and make it not feel salesy. It's like right. I want to genuinely know yeah. what they want. I see it as a consultant, not a salesman. That's how I get around it. And, and you know, from that, um, like they were doing the ribbon cutting and stuff and I was still doing tours. And um, lo and behold, like the next week, um, I was the employee of the week for the whole company. You know, huh. we do a weekly update. And it's like Andy's the the employee of the week. And wow. it like it hit me kind of like a two by four in the face. And I was <laughs> like, why on earth would I be employee of the what week? What did I do? Like, what did I do? I haven't met my sales quota. That's How exactly am I employee right. Of the week? That's exactly right. And I, you know, I've been I've been getting praise from people around me and higher ups have been talking about me about, okay, well, like, how can we build Andy in this company? And and here I am, like, why are you guys having those conversations? And yeah, Man, it's it's amazing how I can see 
there's all this good that I'm doing. I'm doing so well in these other things, but I'm a human being. Yeah. And there's some areas where I need to grow in. Sure. But we I focus do. so, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like all of us, I focus so intently on those things mm-hmm. to the point where I, I tell people these things and I told this to my dad and he was like, Andy, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you, they like you, man. You're doing a great job. They yeah. give you employee of the week. Like what he literally said to me is like, so you're telling me they gave you employee of the week and you're worried about getting fired? <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, and you put it that oh, way. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it, it's amazing. It's their exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how, how the enemy can yeah. work in such a small thing. And if you give mm-hmm. a little, he could, yeah. he just totally blind my sight to it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brings me to our second, uh, my second point that, that I discovered about the consequences of envy and that is that envy divides your attention. Mm. Um, you cannot follow God's purpose and focus on other people at the same time. Wow. And right. I mean, Matthew, what is it? Matthew six, Matthew six, I think talks about you cannot serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, Jesus right. says that, right? Yeah. So it, it divides your time. It, it divides your attention. Yeah. Because you are focusing on other people and what they have. And instead, you should be focusing on God, who he has and what he's given you. Ooh. Yeah. Say that again. Which can one? You, can you say what you read? Uh, you cannot follow God's purpose and focus on other people at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's a whole other thing that's hard to hear because I'm so people focused. Right. And I Well, you- now... I I can see how that can get twisted. Yeah. Now we're obviously focusing on envy. So, yeah, so maybe unpack the meaning of yeah, that in the context. So, well, of what I we're would doing. say I would say you can't focus on other people and what they have and what they're doing and all their successes. I see. Because when you're doing that, you're looking at all that they're doing, and instead you should be focusing on God, what He has and what He's given you, mm. and what He's bestowed upon you, and your gifts. Um. And then the third point that I came to was that envy wastes your time and energy. I mean, think about it. When you envy, you worry. And when you worry, I mean, you're worrying, you're stressing, you're anxious, you're this, that, and the other, and you're wasting all your energy oh. and your time on that. Oh, yeah. Um, so draining. Ecclesiastes 4 says, I have also learned why, why people work so hard to succeed. It is because they envy the things their neighbors have, but it is useless. It is like chasing the wind. Here is someone who lives alone. He has no son, no brother, yet he is always working, never satisfied with the wealth he has. For whom is he working so hard? This is useless too, and a miserable way to live. Mm. Yeah. That I like. I would love some of your input on this. This deviates a little bit, so I hope it's okay. Go. Yeah, here we go. You know how it goes with me. Yeah. Like, here's the set topic. All right, let's branch out into something okay. that's not that. But um, this is kind of, I, to be honest with you, it's gotten a lot better with me in sales. But it's something I still struggle with, and this is, I think, part of my hangup, which is how do I, how do I meet sales goals? How do I be sales oriented, but not make it um, the reason for which I'm doing things, not make it um, 
what my heart is centered on. Um, how do I, how do I put people first, but kill it in sales? Honestly, I, I think in sales, you have to put people first. Okay. And that's personally, that's just me. And some people might agree or might, might, well, some people might agree, but a lot of people probably disagree. Uh huh. You have to put the person over the product. Yeah. You have to put the person over the 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 um, the stipend or whatever you'll get off of that sale, because we what does scripture say? Is you know we we want to where God calls us to serve others, mm-hmm. to care for others, to love others, love people, love God, mm. right? So, love God, love pe- love people. So, at the very top is God. People, although temporary, they are they are made in the image of Christ. Yeah, you know, He loves them as well, whether they know Jesus or not. Yeah, He loves them. So, what are our successes or failures don't define us. Yeah, people aren't going to remember how well like in your position people aren't going to remember how great you were at selling and how easily you could sell Mm. people will remember how you made them feel people will remember how you care for them yeah and that's why i say put people before the product because and i tell this to Vanessa, our sales lead management, she meets with all our clients on, on, she's like the first, the front line basically before we go and do the job. And I tell her all the time, I was like, I was like, just care for the people because what's going to set us apart. And this is why it's good having Morgan as my partner, because he is like so eccentric and like out there and just like friendly to everybody He is all the time. And it gets him in trouble because I, then he's like, girls like think he likes them and stuff. And I'm like, no, like I don't worry. He's just he's, how he is. He's just very friendly with everybody. He is. He is. But it sets us apart because good. in our industry, you don't have that. Yeah. Like the people who are coming out to give you an estimate on a patio, an outdoor living space, they're just there for the job. They're there for the product. They don't care about you yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. And that's what sets us apart. Because we provide a completely different experience. I said, Vanessa, just care for the people. I was like, because what they want, I was like, we will make it happen. But we need to care for them enough to hear their heart and hear their vision. And we will make it come to life. Yeah. And a lot of the times our jobs are like a new car as far as price wise. So it's a big investment. But it also doesn't depreciate like a car. So I'm like... It's a big investment to them. It is it is big time. So we have to care for it. It is like a child for them in the sense of like something new and being able to bring their family and community back together again, especially coming out of this COVID crap. Like your social distance, bull crap. Quit taking people out of the church and quit dividing communities. Yeah. Quit pinning people against each other. Yeah. Like we're here to love God and love people. Right. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, that was like a tangent. I was like a freaking rabbit right there. I just went a whole nother direction. It's all good. That's <laughs> what I do in different ways. But, but, uh, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Though. But people before the product. Yeah. Yes. And you already have the people. I do. Because the, the thing is, what sells in your situation, what sells at Cohatch is the community. Yeah. We, I mean, we just had uh, Peggy and her company come in mm. and they walked in immediately. They're like, oh, I love these people. I love this space. It's a little more expensive, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, because exactly because we provide something that, yeah. you know, other spaces aren't just in the same way. That's that's a funny parallel that I never really put together with our companies, which is exactly that. Yeah, you are also in an industry where, by and large, people aren't used to um, the people providing this service or product to actually genuinely care about them as people. Right. I think so in my mind, how I've bridged the gap is because I'm so people oriented. Um, and as a four two, um, I'm so relationally oriented. And the other side of the coin is that is that I'm not very goal oriented. Um, I have to work really, really hard and be very intentional and it's draining to meet deadlines and work towards goals that are hard goals, but I'm very people oriented. And I think some people are the opposite way. Yeah. Um, and so what's helped me as a four is to realize that, um, like in my sales role in what I do, I am not a salesman because for that word it has so much connotation for me. When I think salesman, I, I hate to say, I think a used car salesman, like a sleazy used car yeah. salesman. It's nothing wrong with being a used sleazy. car salesman. It's nothing wrong like, with being sleazy. Nah, but, but I think of a dishonest salesman when I think of a salesman. Sure. And I hate that I do, but that's just how it is. Um, and really, but what it is, and I think good sales, you know, that is people centered, mm-hmm. um, is a consulting role. Yeah. You are, you are a consultant for them. And before you're listing any of the prices or, or any of the features, you're figuring out who they are and what they need. And sometimes they know what they need and sometimes they yeah. don't. Right. And it's your job to figure that out. And if I have something in my portfolio that fits those needs, then awesome. And if I don't, then, and I've done it in it, actionably in real life, then yeah. like I, I'll point you to where I think you might find that kind of help and mm-hmm. send you on your way yeah. with a smile. So yeah. I think, Good. yeah, I think that's the way to go. There's a lot of truth to what yeah. you say. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a fourth point. It's a final point. Okay. Um, it is envy leads to every other sin. And we look at James three sixteen. Uh, says where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Um, at the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. Woo! Envy is a heart problem. There you go, Pastor. That's nice. That's good. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. No, I'm I know. It's just it. funny. It's good. I mean, it's say, real. Say it again. Say it again. Uh, I can't say it again. That just came out out of your head. No, well, no. So. What is it? At, at the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. Yes. And envy is a heart problem. Yeah. Ooh. I love that. That's real good. It is. It 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 is a problem of the heart, right? And it is. And you can also look at in regards of the fact that um, uh, envy is a is a sense or is a, or a or a um, uh, trail of worship. 
What do you mean by that? Well, misguided worship. Let me... It is misguided See, worship. It's worship of the wrong thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let me read it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Envy is a sense of misguided worship. Yeah. Envy is... Envy is... We uh, are worshiping the... I think we are placing idols in our life. Mm-hmm. And we're worshiping entirely it's the wrong thing. devotion to things that are other than God. Yeah. Yeah. Devotion to things of this world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that that is that envy may be the root of, of all other sins is a really compelling idea. I like that a lot. Oh, I'd love to unpack that more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we unpack, I do have a small plug that I, I'm not getting paid for this at all. But uh, when we were talking on our third point, back there yeah um, brought me to a book as this people-centered thing but it's a book that i read in college um it's sales book but it's called the go-giver um for those who are listening i would if you're in sales or whatever i would suggest you reading it it's a red book it's called the go-giver uh by bob berg and john david mann with two n's at the end um it's a little story about a powerful business idea and it goes it goes uh, pretty deep, but there's these um, concepts. These, I think it's four or five. Um, the laws. It's four, or five laws. It's the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, the law of authenticity, and the law of receptivity. And it is the greatest book I've ever read as far as um, as far as sales go, um, as far as business growth and ideas. Um, and I would suggest that to you, Andy, but also anybody who's listening. So that's my small plug that I just want to put in there. Um, I can use things like that. Yeah. <laughs> the go-giver. Go the go-giver. get it. Um, not the go-getter, the go-giver. Hmm. And there's reason behind the go-giver. Yeah. How, how much does that have to do with this point that I was going to it has nothing to do with the fourth point. It uh, <laughs> has everything to do with the third point. No, no, no. Well, well, now we have to go back for a little bit because I got oh, my mind on gosh. it. So sorry. So, but um, in Matthew 7, uh, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, right, um, where he talks about what effective prayer is, you know, um, he says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, it's like the you have not because you ask not. Right. Yeah. You have not because you ask not. It's the opposite. I mean, it's scripture somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where <laughs> that is. I don't is. know either, but that's what came to my mind when you're reading that. Yeah, but it's true so that in 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 giving we receive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in asking these things we receive, yeah. but... Actually, in church today, yeah, the message, there was a part, so we're going through 1 Samuel right now. Oh, great. We're expository preaching, but we're going through 1 Samuel, and it talks about, or, or um, talks about how, who is it, is Saul that um, refused a gift? Like he didn't want to accept the gift, or is David? I don't remember. Either way. Um, and how we, oftentimes, who, if we aren't ex- able to accept the gift, we are... Um, we are an obstacle. We are standing in the way of somebody else's calling or ble- or calling to to be a blessing, and we're 
we're preventing them to fulfill their calling or blessing to give. That's interesting. Because the Lord calls us to give. Yeah. yeah, give to him, you know, our first fruits, but he also wants us to give to others, whether yeah. it would be time, money, inf- like whatever, different ways. And if we can't accept the giving, we are getting in the way of other people wanting to and fulfilling their desire and passion of their heart to give. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be willing to accept. And I'm terrible giving. at accepting. So yeah, I'll just say it right there. So what, what's I'm the, working on? <laughs> what's the deadly sin uh, for, for eights again? Is it lust? Lust. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's a pride thing too, is what, what you're talking about. I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think we have, be. and I know I have issues giving, I'm so terrible well, at asking for help. Pride is two. And it's yeah. Yeah. And, I know that's for two. And two is, two is my growth that eights grow to it too. So oh, really? It, a healthy eight grows to it so too. Grow yeah. to be super prideful. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense looking at you. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah. So, a heart. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Yeah, and you know I I love that and the the scripture I was pulling from from Matthew. You know, in I think in asking we receive is what mm-hmm. he says, and and I find often time when I'm asking God. Um, he's typically telling me to help people. He's t- typically telling me to do something that either directly or uh, secondarily helps individuals. Um, and I think it's important what you're saying that that also in giving, we're directed to give, but uh, we can't view that as a work by which we're made righteous, right? Right. We have to view that mm-hmm. as that that has to be giving that comes from a place of uh wanting to be closer with god amen right yeah and um in receiving those fruits yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good that's good Mm. envy envy man honestly we could go in so many directions with envy oh you can i mean it applies in in so many i mean right there i just said like envy leads to every other sin yeah and I think that could be said about most of the dev- the, the the deadly sins. Yeah. But envy's big. Yeah. I mean, we've already, we talked about envy, but we've already brought up like four of the others within this yeah. episode already. Yes. Uh, I mean, it applies. It really does. I would, I would love to, I don't know if we're wrapping up here, kind of <laughs> seems like it unless you got more points, but uh, I would love to wrap up with... Um, just some words of encouragement for people that maybe oh, struggle yes, with that. You beat me Could to it. There we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, please. man. I was going to ask you to. Oh, that'd be great, man. Yes. I appreciate it. You've done great prompts, man. You're going to have to have me. I, I I hope that I can be on again because I really enjoy doing this. Andy, um, Andy's trying to slide his way in as a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Lord yeah. has planned. We'll pray on it, you know? Yeah. Um. So for any of you out there struggling with envy, uh, like I do or in other ways, um, my encouragement to you, um, my reminder to you rather is that, um, that thing that you're thinking about that you, that you think you need to be complete and whole, that one thing that's going to solve all your problems, that one thing that is, that you see that is going to lift the fog and haze from your life. I'm here to tell you that it is not going to do that. It is not going to do that at all. If anything, it's going to make life more complicated. It's going to add to that haze and mist, and it's going to make things more unclear. And I promise you, I promise you, God has made you whole and complete the way you are. 
a hundred percent whole and complete. And it's in prayer with him. It's through what we're told to do in scripture. It's through confession, repentance. It's through loving others. It's through exhibiting the fruits of the spirit Mm. in what you're doing, letting that manifest into action because of your devotion to God, that you will find peace and you will find answers. And how beautiful it is that we can continually struggle with new things because each time we struggle with something and we bring it to the Lord, we just get a little bit stronger for the day. So don't look to that thing. Look to God as something I I would would love to say. I've I've got a guy um, who I won't say his name, but but a guy who uh, is at Cohatch a couple times a week and he runs a bunch of different Christian organization groups. And I ask him uh, now for uh, a word of wisdom every week. Word of wisdom. And a couple weeks ago, he just gave me a bracelet and he said, this is my word of wisdom to you. And uh, I'm not wearing it now. I should, right? Wow. We could have told him I was wearing it. Man, missed the opportunity. It's It's on my ankle, right? No. but it's just a simple black band, and it says very simply two words that have the greatest impact, I think, on a beginning of a journey to move away from envy, and it's pray first. Pray it's first. like when you, when you see something and you're desi- desiring something of this world or you feel that you're not enough, pray first, mm. and God will speak through that mm-hmm. moment. Get into Scripture. Go to God first, Yeah, and he'll lead you. He will. Yeah, and if you don't know where to start prayer, read this read the prayers in the scripture. That's exactly right. Go back to Use the first that as episode. that's the building blocks for your personal devotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's good. Andy, it is great having you on. You got so much wisdom. I just love it. Uh, it's you got God, a great man. heart for people, man, and 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 that's great. We need more of that in the world. So, um, thanks for just being back here and I do hope to have you back uh, eventually for something. We'll I don't know what, out. but we'll we will it figure it out. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, I, I value our friendship greatly and, and I hope that everybody here, uh, who's listening today was able to get as much out of it as I did. And hopefully as you did, um, did. and, uh, just to continue to go out and bless the world, but I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer. Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll get into our weeks here and, and hopefully it's a good one. It's great, man. I'll have my hands out ready to receive. There we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for uh, thank you for just this opportunity, the opportunity to to speak um, your word, to to declare your name from from the highest peaks and the lowest valleys. Father, no matter where we are in our life, may we continue to declare your name above all things, because at the center of it all is you at the lowest points. It's you at the highest points. Father, it is you. You are in and about everything that is around us. Thank you for the lives that you've given us. Uh, Thank you for each individual who is hearing this message right now. Father, I just pray that your spirit be upon them, that your spirit be within them to go out, to continue uh, to build your church, advance the gospel, and bless the world. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the Spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out and advance the gospel, to build the kingdom and bless the world.